your Locked On Penguins, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, let's hopefully that worked. Um, welcome to the YouTube debut for this show. Obviously, this audio is still going to go on Apple and Spotify. I'm the host of the Locked On Penguins podcast, Hunter Hodes. Um, I'll just say it, definitely nervous for this first one. Hopefully, there's not too many kinks, but um, I'm excited to keep growing the show um, on another platform. I know YouTube has a lot of other Locked On shows. Um, it's now expanding to the NHLs. Glad mine is now on there. and. Of course, thank you all so much for making the Locked on Penguins podcast your first listen of the day. Awkward intro aside, what a win by the Pittsburgh Penguins last night. They take down the Seattle Kraken 6-1, to a game that was basically over um, in the first five minutes because uh, Pittsburgh went out there and just full-on blitzed them. Uh, that was a statement by the Penguins that, okay, they were a bit mad by how the first couple games went and how their finishing has been this year. Um, and hopefully this was the start of things regressing back to the mean. Obviously, I don't think they're going to be the best finishing team in the league again this season. They're 32nd as of right now, if you go to Jay Fresh's model or a couple other analytic models. But if they can get to around league average a little bit above that um, this team is going to win a lot of games and you saw there was some luck that finally went their way last night in terms of getting balances that they haven't gotten all year I think that was honestly my biggest takeaway outside of Jake Gensel I'll get to him in a sec but they this team finally got the balances you saw the opening goal right with Jeff Carter was able to basically fling the puck on net and what do you know? It goes off Philip Grootbauer and in, and then they're up one nothing, and then the floodgates open. Jake Gensel scores one, and now I'm just I'm honestly just blanking on how how many whoever scored there just because um, it was a six to one ball game. Denton Heinen had one in the game as well. Just a really magnificent performance I thought from Pittsburgh. Though at times I will say uh, Seattle pushed back, and after those first five minutes, I thought. Pittsburgh was a little lucky to be up 3-0 going into that first period. If you look at the underlying numbers a little bit, um, Seattle actually had more of the shot attempts uh, at 5v5, 51.1%. Scoring chances, though, Pittsburgh led that at 5v5 with basically 62% of those high danger percentage-wise, 63% of the high danger chances went to Pittsburgh. Now, if we're looking at expected goals for 2.59 for the Penguins, 1.78 for Seattle. Um, again, I don't think uh, Pittsburgh dominated the game. It was the 6-1 to one final score. Um it's not indicative of how the game went. Pittsburgh, again, was just able to capitalize on the balances that they got and all the scoring chances for once in their life this year. You knew the goal from Seattle was going to come from Jordan Everly. That's what happens. I mean, he Pittsburgh can only play him two times now. He is going to score every single time against Pittsburgh. I hope if someone that listens to this show or just anyone out there had a prop bet for Jordan Everly to score against the Penguins, you won some money. Please keep betting him to score against the Penguins every single time he plays them. It's just, that's going to happen. But um, obviously the biggest takeaway, Jake Gensel yet again. I mean, this is now a 13 game point streak has 15 goals on the season. And now he's slowly starting to make it a race uh, for the rocket Richard. Only Leon Dreisaitl, Alex Ovechkin, Andrew Majapani, 
Connor McDavid and Chris Kreider have more goals than Jake this year. Even better, he scored 12 goals in his last 12 games. He has seven goals during that four-game road trip. He scored a goal on seven of his last 14 shots, so 50% shooting percentage for his last 14 shots. That's pretty good, and I'm sure that's going to regress at some point. And he also has 19 points during this 13-game point streak. I read some takes on a couple places saying that this was uh, Jake Gensel's best um, performance. How am I supposed to say it? I read some takes that this could be the best hockey, excuse me, that we've seen Jake Gensel play. Honestly, you can argue that. I mean, the only thing that comes to mind for me um, is his 40-goal year and his 2016-17 run where he was just lighting everything on fire. But, I mean, right now it honestly compares just to those two things with how he is firing the puck in the back of the net. And I talked about this on one of my episodes um, yesterday, then last week, you know, he's a much different goal scorer than someone like Alex Ovechkin, where, you know, he has his office, right. Or he also can just fire the puck hard, hard as heck from anywhere. Jake, he doesn't have a hard shot. Like he just picks his corners to an elite level. And it's almost like, Jake is going in his mind, I'm going to shoot right there and you're not going to do a damn thing about it. And you saw that kind of on the one timer last night. He got that feed from Evan Rodriguez and he went top cheese for one of those goals. And it was just like, there, no goalie is going to stop that. And Jake almost has something in his mind saying, yeah, I'm going to go right there and you're not going to do anything about it. And the other one, just a wicked release that he had um, to go top, top cheese again, excuse me, just a ridiculous shot, I thought, overall from Jake. I mean, this is just – this is elite-level hockey that we're seeing. Um, I did see some takes, uh, some old takes exposed, uh, floated around on social media and stuff and other places saying that, yeah, you know, he should have been traded over the offseason. Well, he, did, he definitely should not have even though he kind of um, – did not score in the playoffs. That's what happens with all great players. They go into scoring slumps. Sidney Crosby has gone into plenty of scoring slumps in the playoffs. I don't see a lot of fans clamoring for him to be traded. I'm not going to you know, compare Sidney Crosby to Jake Ensel, but Jake is an elite player in his own regard. I understand a lot of people don't see it that way because he plays with Sidney Crosby, but look at his stats away from Sid. They're almost identical, even if you put him on Evgeny Malkin's line. And there have been people that have clamored for Jake to stay on Gino's line. Um, obviously not this year because he's hurt, but when Malkin has been healthy, just because of the chemistry that they have as well. And some people wanted um, Sid to have Zucker and I think at the time I'm trying to remember which player um, other player people wanted on Sid's line, but I think so you're, you're going to start to see some people. I mean, well, if Jake's going to keep this up, you're probably not, but um, could you see a Zucker Crosby Rodriguez line at some point? Most likely not. I mean, but you honestly could see a Gensel Crosby Rodriguez first line, um, if this continues the way it's going, I know Brian Russ is still a little bit of a ways away, but with how that line's going, I don't really think you can, um, mess that up. But yeah, I mean, it's just like Jake fits with anyone. He's an elite player in his own regard. And I tweeted this last night as well on my Twitter account at Hunter Hodes. Honestly, the Penguins are lucky that they locked Jake up at the rate that they did. And, you know, as anyone that has listened to my show and now that has watched the show, thank you for watching this debut episode on YouTube. I was, I got cold on Jim Rutherford as his tenure went on. I loved what he did in 2016. I love what we did in 2017. 
That said, it kind of went sour from there. But one of the biggest things that he did well after the cup run was he locked Jake up to a contract that looks like a flat out steal. It was a five-year deal, $6 million per. If I'm not mistaken, I'm 99.9% sure right Yeah, It's definitely right. Um, if he were to be up at the end of this season with all of the goals that he has scored, and you know, Josh Haley wrote an article the other day, 0.42 um, goals per 60, right? Um, he would probably command 7.5 to 8 million per. And honestly, if I were another team, I would pay that and run. He is one of the five best goal scorers in the league. You're, he is paid to score goals, and he does it at a rate that not many other players can do. So the Penguins and Penguins fans that listen to the show and everyone out there that follows the team, you should be lucky that Jake is locked up at the rate that he is because this production that we're seeing right now is absolutely ridiculous. He is hopefully going to challenge Leon Dreisel and Alex Ovechkin for the Rocket at the end of the year. He is well on pace for over a 34 goal season. I think he's, I believe he's on pace for 40 right now. So just an incredible season thus far for Jake. Still a lot more to get to for this episode of Locked on Penguins, including Sidney Crosby's awesome game. We also have Chris Letang continue to look awesome. Casey DeSmith getting on the board with his first win of the year, easily his best game. We're going to get to that and a whole lot more coming up after this commercial break. But first, you listen to podcasts for the power of knowledge. You switch to Boost Mobile for the power of saving money. You can get three unlimited data lines for 30 bucks a month per line and a free five gigabyte phone when you switch. So you can get the latest episodes all on one of the America's largest 5G networks. More power to save, which is Boost Mobile. There's a disclaimer though. Free phone limited to new customers and one per line. Additional restrictions apply. Offers coverage not available everywhere for all phones and networks. See boostmobile.com for details. Now, Omaha Steaks with the holidays coming up, you can find the perfect, finding the perfect gift, excuse me, is a bit tricky, but Omaha Steaks, that's a great website if you do want to find a gift for one of your loved ones. It makes it easy to send friends and family an unforgettable gift guaranteed to be loved. They have all kinds of steaks on there, ribeyes, filet mignon, New York strip, prime rib. You can go to omahasteaks.com and enter NHL into the search bar to order the perfect gift package. For $99.99, you'll get 24 entrees like the world-famous bacon-wrapped filet mignons, chicken breasts, sides, desserts, and so much more. When you use NHL, you also get an additional eight Omaha Steaks burgers free with your order. We've all heard the reports about shortages and shipping delays, so don't wait. Order the perfect gift package today at omahasteaks.com and you'll get eight free burgers when entering the code NHL. Achieve gifting greatness with Omaha Steaks. Incredible flavor, incredible value, and yes, it's 100% guaranteed. omahasteaks.com, keyword NHL. All right, so we're back here on this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, of course, Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. Follow my, uh, no, follow the my Twitter right there at Hunter Hodes. I totally just screwed up that finger point, but you know what? It's the first episode, so I'm not really going to um, get too mad over it. Um, Sidney Crosby, easily one of my biggest takeaways from that game. He, he looks to be back. Um, what we saw last night, he, he had a very nice burst of speed, had a couple of really nice plays as well. I mean, I know there were a couple of weeks ago people were asking what was wrong with him. Heck, I even said on the show that I was definitely getting a little bit concerned that he was not playing well. Well, you know, 
it, it, it probably took less than a week for him to make me look like a complete moron because he now has 13 points in 13 games. He's on a six-game scoring streak, and he's produced 11 points. Um, he's definitely finding his groove right now. I mean, is he locked in? No. I mean, he's still not playing his best hockey, but I think last night – that's the game I think that's really going to turn Sid's season around. I mean, he's been playing well the last few games. The last night was the first one where I was like, okay, this is th- th- this is the Sidney Crosby that we've all known and, and, and come to love. Um, so really nice performance, I thought, from Sid last night. Um, Chris Letang, he was marvelous yet again. I mean, I saw a, a retweet from – uh, Mad Chat 412 of the Mad Chat and Eddie show, uh, touching on how great Chris Letang has been this season. And, you know, I, I talked about it on the Monday's episode. I've talked about it all season. Um, this is probably the best hockey we've seen him play since 2016. He's always making the right read in the offensive zone. He's not getting beat in the defensive zone. Brian Dumoulin's not really have to had to cover for him for his mistakes. I know he had a little bit of a rough start against Vancouver a couple of nights ago, but Ever since that, you know, he's been totally fine. He is – I marvel at how great of a player he is. And I, and I will keep saying it. I don't think Chris Letang is appreciated enough in the Penguins fan base. We always hear from uh, people in the fan base. I don't care where it is, you know, sports talk radio, social media, even people that are not on social media um, say, oh, the Penguins need to trade Chris Letang. They got to get him out of here. You know, he can't stay healthy, blah, 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 blah. I mean – this is a player that I think has gotten better as he's gotten older. So um, just a really strong game from him was always making the right decisions yet again. And he's not getting beat in the defensive zone. That's for sure. Um, Casey DeSmith, I thought that he was really rock solid for Pittsburgh last night. And that's something that I have not said in probably five months. I mean, he and he did have a pretty decent year last year before a couple of games. Um where he kind of allowed three or four goals in those starts and then he got hurt. And then it carried into this year where, you know, coming into the start um, in seven out of the last nine starts going into last night, he had allowed four or more goals and had a sub 900 save percentage. That's not going to fly at all. But last night I thought he was tracking the puck really well. There was one play that really caught my eye. And I think I saw this written on a couple of websites um, when Seattle was coming down. I want to say it was Jared McCann that had the puck. Um, DeSmith was able to put his stick out to make sure that the puck was not going to go to the player at the back door who was going to have a tap in. He put his stick out, deflected the puck to the corner, and then the Penguins were off to the races the other way. Just a really heads-up play, I thought, by Casey there, and something that we really haven't seen him do all season. But other than that, very sharp, was actually playing a little more aggressive, was making the saves that need to be made. I, I understood, I saw some takes out there in multiple uh, places where, you know, the Penguins are going to need another one just because the Smith has been bad this year. I, again, I get it because Seattle was also pushing a bit, a bit back. Pittsburgh was able to get that extra goal to give um, DeSmith a bit more of a cushion, but I thought that was definitely a step in the right direction for him. I had a couple of people tweet the Locked On Penguins Twitter account as well, saying the same thing. So um, he he he's a player that the team needs to rely on a bit more. The Penguins they can't start Tristan Jari ever again. I mean, let, let's just be real here. 
the guy, I understand he's a 938 goalie right now. He's fifth or sixth in goal saved above expected. His goals against average is below two. He started almost every game for you this year, but the guy needs a break. I mean, he's playing his best hockey. He needs to be rested um, for the stretch run where this team is going to hopefully make the playoffs, you know, going into the all-star break and on all that. DeSmith is going to have to take some starts away from him at some point. I wasn't surprised that DeSmith got that start because um, he, frankly, he needed it and Jari has been working a lot lately. I know I said on Monday's episode that I expected Jari to start, but when I did see the announcement that DeSmith was going, um, I wasn't surprised because this was, this was a team that, um, out of a lot of teams, I think in the NHL, I, I'm more comfortable with DeSmith starting against just because Seattle has not been good this season. And again, I've never really understood why a lot of people thought that Seattle was going to be really good this year. They don't have a lot of franchise cornerstones just yet. Their goaltending is not bad, but their defense, I don't really think is that good. And they don't have that game breaker just yet, but still very nice performance overall. I thought, um, excuse me, from DeSmith. Dan Heinen, he gets his seventh goal of the season. Jeff, if you're watching this or listening to this, that's now three more until I get my free cockeye barbecue um, from Ohio. Just a really nice shot that he had. And um, he had seven goals in 43 games last year. He's already at seven goals in not even 30 games this year. That just goes to show how shrewd, how much of a shrewd move that was from Hextall to bring Heinen in. And he's just, he's been a rock. So I'm not surprised at all that he's playing well. Mike Sullivan's system was, you know, the perfect fit for him. Evan Rodriguez, he continues his awesome play. I mean, he has transformed that Crosby Gensel line ever since he got up there. If you go to Hockey Viz and Micah Blake McCurdy stuff, there is a sea of red um, over the entire offensive zone. The only place where there's not red are right along just the boards. That, that's the only place where it's blue. Everywhere else, in you know, the high slot, the low slot, all the high danger areas, almost all the medium areas. Uh, high, the, the medium danger areas, excuse me, as well. Um, he has been just dominating offense left and right. So um, it really has been just a revelation rel- for Erod this season. Jeff Carter was also able to get um, his second goal. We're going to actually touch on that later on um, in this episode. And I'm going to give you all a take about how I felt about Jeff Carter this year, because I've definitely seen some mixed reactions about Carter from some people in the fan base. And this is, this is not just a social media thing. This is um, a whole bunch of places where I've seen it. That's coming up in the next episode. And, you know, we're also going to touch on where the team currently is um, and how much uh, of a big win that was uh, for the Penguins. But before we do that, BetOnline has you covered all season. That means more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football season continues for the march to the playoffs. I can't believe that's in five weeks from now. The Steelers are somehow still alive. You can head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code LOCKEDON to receive your bonus for basketball, football, NHL boxing and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. That is BetOnline where the game starts. All right, welcome back to this episode of the Locked on Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. So getting to how good Jeff Carter was last night, and I put out a tweet here, if I can actually go find it, because I just I tweet way too much throughout the day. I will say this, though. 
I've never really understood why there has been some takes um, among the Penguins fan base this year that Jeff Carter has not been good. I don't know where that started. His underlying numbers are completely fine. His expected goal share is around 54%. He's on the ice for around the same amount of shot attempts, 54% um, for the Penguins. And last night, he notched his sixth and his seventh goals um, of the season. And he just, he continues to be really good. I mean, he has 14 points now. Um, those are going to get better when Gino returns. I'm just, I'm tired of seeing the take that he's having a bad season. I don't know where it's coming from. Now, am I going to sit here and say that, oh my God, he's been the team's best player. Or, you know, there's not three players that are playing better hockey than him. No, I mean, that's just not true. Evan Rodriguez has been really good. Sidney Crosby has really turned it on as of late. Jake Gensel has been awesome. Brian Russ, when he's been healthy, I mean, he's been starting to turn around, turn it around, excuse me, as well. Danton Heinen's been really good. But Carter has been just fine this year. I mean, and imagine once Gino comes back, and I think that's going to be in a couple weeks now, he's continuing to skate with the team. He's practicing with them. I know Brian Burke said about a week ago that he's still a little ways away from playing. I read from Josh Yoey on The Athletic today that um, Gino's return um, could be before Christmas, which um, according to my calculations, that is in 18 days. So it's around two and a half weeks for Gino. We'll have to see. But, I mean, Carter's been good. He had two really nice goals last night. Uh, you know, he was never going to score at the production that we saw um, last season. But um, this production that we're getting right now, that's perfectly fine. I think, you know, somewhere closer to – how am I supposed to say this, right? Um, there, There's like one extreme that's saying he's bad, one extreme saying he's one of the best players on the team. He kind of – between if you look at like – this basically right here. Okay. Well, if I can like, if I can just do this, okay, whatever he would fall closer to that than he would the other one. That was probably the worst, um, half and half screen you've probably ever seen, but you know what? We're just going to roll with it. Um, that's that again, he's not playing as one of the top three best players, but it's closer to that end of the extreme than it is to the other end of the extreme. If that was very cringe, I apologize. It's the first one, but just wanted to throw that out there. But overall, I mean, this was just a really big win um, for Pittsburgh. You know, they get to two and one and one on the road trip. And that's exactly what they needed heading back out east to play the Capitals on Friday. They got five out of eight points. They could have gotten potentially six if one of the players decided to score in the shootout. Heck, they could have gotten seven um, if they didn't barf all over themselves in the defensive zone against Edmonton. I thought the Penguins badly outplayed the Oilers in that game. But when you give um, Connor McDavid that many chances, um, that's exactly what's going to happen. Um, I don't really think many players played bad except for Kasperi Kapan. I mean, I mean, he was playing on the fourth line um, towards the end of the game. I, I don't know what Mike Sullivan's going to do there. I mean, I kind of do. I guess when Malkin comes back in two and a half to three weeks, he's going to put Kappen in there. And Sully is going to hope that he rediscovers his magic last year because there really was some chemistry with those players. I mean, Kappen, in, I mean, had great production. I know he had a high shooting percentage, but no one can deny how great he was last year. And I had high expectations for him coming into this year and he has not met them. I don't think he's met a lot of people's expectations, definitely not people um, within the Penguins organization or most of the fans. Um, that's for sure. So um, just 
Hopefully at some point he's able to turn this around. I know I've been saying that on every episode at this point, but you know, as you know, Rogue One says rebellions are built on hope. I, was that really good? Was that a bad take? Okay, that was probably a stupid thing to say. Whatever. But um, this was also, I think, a pretty big stretch for Pittsburgh. As, as Josh Yoey wrote this morning, in the past 24 days, um, they've played Ottawa, Washington, Montreal, Toronto, Winnipeg, New York, the Islanders, that is, Calgary, Edmonton, Vancouver, and Seattle. And the Penguins went 6-3-1 and three and one overall during that stretch and 6-1-1 and one and one, um, over the final eight games. Um, as Josh wrote in his article this morning, circle that stretch. I'll say it here again. Circle this stretch. If the Penguins make the playoffs at the end of the year, they needed to start banking points, and they definitely have in seven of their last eight games, 13 out of 16 points these last eight games, just huge for Pittsburgh. Now the team will have a few days off. They did not practice today. I would assume we'll be back at practice tomorrow um, in Pittsburgh before practicing on Thursday, and then I think they'll be flying to Washington either uh, later that afternoon or early that morning before um, a back-to-back against the Ducks on Saturday. That'll be the first time that they will be wearing their throwback Pittsburgh diagonal black jerseys. I will be buying one once that is on sale. Um, but overall, just a really big win for Pittsburgh. They're still in that playoff spot. They're within striking distance of the top three in the Metro. They can get even closer, um, excuse me, with a win against Washington on Friday. That's going to be a ma- massive game for Pittsburgh. And if you look at the schedule now, there's quite a few home games um, coming up. Uh, five, out, five out of their next six. Um, they're at home. I thought it was six out of seven, but it, it's five out of six. And then um, towards the end of next month, um, they have a lot of road games coming up again, especially on that California road trip. Um, and they'll also play, I believe, Dallas during that stretch um, as well. Those will all be 1030 starts. Um, I know a lot of people don't like those those road trips just because everyone goes to bed a lot earlier. I, I'm a night owl. I mean, I love recording late at night anyway. I, I can't do enough. I can't have those road trips enough to, to be honest with you all. But thank you all so much for listening and watching this episode of the Locked on Penguins podcast. If there are kinks, please let me know via my DMs on social media or down in the comments. Um, I'm really excited that I'm going to be building an audience on YouTube as well. I'm just, I'm so thrilled to be able to do it. Hopefully that the, the numbers skyrocket on this platform and we'll have another both audio and video episode for you all on Wednesday. So I will talk to you all then.